This is The Blueprint, brought to you by Executive Platforms. Hello again, everyone. You're listening to another episode of Executive Platforms Blueprint Podcast Series. My name is Jeff Mix. I'm Head of Content and Research, and my guest today is Bart DeMonk with Project 44. Um, we're going to have a conversation about supply chain collaboration that I think this is going to be great. I know Bart hosted a Lunch and Learn Roundtable on this topic and, and got a lot of really interesting insights. Bart, thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah, thank you, Jeff. Thanks for having me. Why don't we start off by actually defining what supply chain collaboration is? What, what do you mean when you say supply chain collaboration is, is what's going to make this all work for us? Yeah, very good. So supply chain collaboration is something we've been talking about for a long time. Really what it is, is different divisions and different companies really working together around their processes and around data. So that in its own is not new. What is newer today is that supply chains have become a lot more complex. So collaborations really become a lot more important, not just internally where companies have to get out of their silos and have the different functions of supply chain work together, but even more importantly for companies also to continue collaborating closer with both suppliers customers, as well as their logistic service providers. Now, what would some of the features of supply chain collaboration be? So in order to really enable supply chain collaboration, you need to have a lot of real-time data. That's what you want to share with your partners. The other part is really creating visibility. And that's something that we've never had before, is the amount of data that's available. So at the end of this year, we'll have about 197 zettabytes of data available around the world. And no, I'm not making this term up. A zettabyte is the equivalent of about a billion terabytes. And most of us are fairly familiar with that because a terabyte is about what your hard drive on your computer holds. And so you can imagine that's a lot of data. But what's important really is that we use that data to create insights that help us make better and more efficient decisions. And to do that across our own supply chain, but also more importantly, to start using that data to make better decisions together with the partners in our ecosystem. I want to talk about some of the benefits of this. I, I appreciate it is a, a trend that we're seeing more and more, but in real terms, what are the benefits to the supply chain when we collaborate? The great thing of collaboration is that the benefits now go across the ecosystem. And that can mean that when you get better data, maybe from your suppliers, you can better manage your inventory. And so what we see currently is that we see an increased inventories because of all the disruptions we have seen around the world. Good example is an Amazon and Walmart although they saw single-digit growth in the last year, their revenue levels went up by over 40%. So that's a huge increased cost. So by bringing down inventory levels, you're decreasing the cost and you're increasing profit margin. The other part is creating visibility and data that you can share with your customers. That in turn will lead to a better customer experience, which hopefully for your own business will lead to improve revenue, especially again for, for example, retailers who can increase their customer satisfaction scores and their net promoter scores would lead immediately to more revenue. And finally, if you use that data to collaborate with your carriers, that allows carriers to optimize their own fleets better, but also positions you as a shipper of choice, which allows you, especially in hard times, to maybe get better rates when rates are high or when there's tight capacity, get more capacity from your carrier base. I mean, I, I can certainly see those all being great benefits. And I think the argument for collaboration is there. I wonder if you could get into some of the specifics of what getting started looks like. I mean, what are the real world steps that companies need to do to collaborate effectively? As I said in the beginning, collaboration is definitely not new. And people have been talking about it for many years. 
when I was still at Gardner, I remember doing a presentation on it with some customers about seven, eight years ago. And to be honest, the last seven years, we haven't really developed that much from what, where we were seven years ago. Really what the issue is, we now have the data available and we have the technology available, so we can't use that anymore as an excuse of why we couldn't do it or it's not a threshold to get over to allow us to do it. It is still, though, a change of mindset. And what we really see is that a lot of people say, well, the data is mine. I don't want to share my data. And what we really should do is starting with changing the mantra of, I want to keep my data just inside with really sharing the data. Because what a lot of people don't really realize is that often the data that you collect can be of more use to the partners in your ecosystem than even for yourself. And we've seen some very real examples of that. For example, there's a consortium of Boeing customers. Many of those are airlines that are competing with each other on their routes, but that are sharing all of the data, maintenance data, mainly around all the planes. And what they're seeing that by sharing all that data, they're getting much better insights. And so they are getting much better performance out of their maintenance organization by really sharing the data, even with their competitors. And so those kind of chief data officers of those companies that have the mindset of sharing data are more successful than at companies that don't have that mindset of sharing data and want to keep everything private. Let's talk about Project 44 specifically. How are you helping organizations collaborate in their supply chains? So Project 44 is a connective tissue of the supply chain. So what we do is really connect all the dots of the supply chain together. And through that network is collect the data that people really didn't have access to before. And even when you're using applications, whether it's an ERP or a WMS or a TMS solution, those are application stacks. What they need is really data to be super successful. What we're bringing to the party is that data that we're connecting from carriers, from LSPs, from ports, from terminals, from suppliers, you name it. And that's really that basis, as I mentioned before, what really drives help that collaboration across the supply chain, because it all starts with how do you make that data transparent to everyone? And not just internal and external, but even within your organization. How, for example, if a truck is coming in and the truck is going to be late, how do you not just share that information with your dispatch organization or your transportation or fleet organization? How do you also share that with manufacturing who's waiting for the product? Maybe it's vital for them not having to shut down the production line like in the automotive industry. Or how is that important for the warehouse that is in charge of receiving that material? By providing that on a platform, now all of a sudden, all of the players that have a benefit of using the data can get access to the data. So part of it is having the data. The second part is how do you communicate the data across the parties? So when bringing Project 44 into a, a business collaboration, is your experience that you know one of the partners brings you on and, and finds value and, and pitches it to others? Is it something that you build a network around Project 44 users? How does it roll out across a network that is collaborating? So the collaboration is really a step on the journey of visibility. No one's going to go day one and say, I now have the data. I have visibility. Let me start collaborating. We see it as a natural progression as companies get more mature. They know and understand how they can use the visibility data, but also as their maturity of the organization grows. Because again, as I mentioned before, collaboration has more to do with a change of mindset and maturity and rather the technology allowing it. And so as we're going on that journey with these customers, we partner with them along the road to say, how do we go from using the data internally to start now sharing it with other organizations or other divisions within your own company 
and then finally start sharing more of that information with the external parties. And if you look at the journey, the way I always depict that in our models, it's kind of a five-stage journey that starts with the network, goes on to the data, and then we start into going things like predictive analytics. Typically, collaboration only starts at those higher levels, level four and five, where you start collaborating, which also allows you to start automating some of those processes. So it does take a while to get to that stage. And that's also as a partner in this technology space, what we work on with our customers to really help them along those steps to get them to that moment. I'm so glad you mentioned uh, the people involved in this, because I think that's one of the things that sometimes gets overlooked when we talk about technology doing something. I mean, all of these people are already doing a job that you know, they, they are experienced at, they, they got to where they are by being good at it. This is a new tool that's coming in to help them do it better. But of course, there's always a little bit of conservatism and, and uh, hesitancy that their role is changing. Can you walk me through how this is uh, helping? I mean, it's impacting in a positive way their day-to-day -day life, but also, you know, what is the uh, user experience? How do they engage with the tool? That is a very good point. So if you look at the technology, how is it changing the, the whole landscape of people's tasks and how people really interact with the technology. And when we talk, for example, about digital transformation, a big part of that is how do you actually change the workforce? And what we're actually seeing is we're going more and more from a pure manual workforce to a digital workforce, which needs different capabilities and different talents. But what's important to realize that, although in logistics, we talk a lot about automation and things like artificial intelligence, and we'll say, I'll look at it two different ways. Artificial intelligence, you look at kind of replacing people, which is definitely true in the warehouse where we're taking maybe manual labor and replacing that with a robot. Very good case, and there's a lot of value into doing that, especially if we see at the labor shortages we're facing in warehouses as well. But when you look at transportation, that's still a very person, a people-driven process. We're not necessarily talking about artificial intelligence. I always refer to it as augmented intelligence. You're actually using the technology to help the people doing the job, to help them do more work, because haven't we all gotten to do more work? No one's going like, hey, in the last few years, I had less to do, or I have more people to do it with. So you need the technology to enable that person to do more work, to do it more efficiently, to do it quicker, but also to do it better. And that's really the task of the technology, is to help drive that individual. And guess what? At the end of the day, if you're helping that, that person do that, and you're effective at that, that person's gonna be happier at their job, which ho hopefully will also help companies with uh, both people retention and recruiting of new talent in their organization. So organizations that have identified, we want to be better at collaboration, we wanna give our people more capability to, to interact with their partners up and down the supply chain. What is a timeline for rolling out something like Project 44? How does it come online? When does it really start being part of their day-to-day -day lives? I think it can go very quickly, especially if you look at certain modes of transportation, for example, ocean transportation, because we're already connected to pretty much all the carriers around the world. We can bring on customers very quickly. We're talking about sometimes days, sometimes weeks. If you took a look at over the road transportation, where you have sometimes a very segmented carrier base, some companies having hundreds and hundreds of carriers, there's probably a likelihood that a big percentage of that carrier base is already on the network, but we still have to do some work to get the other carriers to come on. And there we might talk about months. But really when we're talking about the journey, that's a journey that typically takes years. And again, it's part of 
walking alongside that organizations. And some organization can go up in maturity very quickly. They grow up very quickly, just like what we had to do during the disruption. We saw companies in 2020 go from maybe completely being unprepared to being very prepared, prepared in, a, in a matter of months. But typically what we're seeing is to get to stages where you're really starting to collaborate and then maybe even further start automating processes. We typically see that only starting to happen in maybe in year two or three of their journey and visibility. We keep coming back to there's a point in the journey. And I would be curious to know, how do companies get there? What are the next steps where they should say, now is the time to really you know, move forward with our collaborative journey? Really, it all starts with the first step is just starting on your visibility journey. That is the hardest part. And sometimes people ask, you know, who's your biggest competitor? Really, the reality is the biggest competition to a company like Project 44 is companies doing nothing. And so when companies come on board with Project 44, we make sure that they don't need a lot of resources to start a project, that it can go very quickly and smooth on their end. So we're taking a lot of that pain away from them. And that's a little bit different than the approach of a typical application implementation, which requires a lot of time and requires also a lot of resources from the customer. But again, by making that journey and that onboarding as smooth as possible, that really is setting them up to get to visibility and get to, through those first phases of creating a network and analyzing the data very quickly. And that really sets us up for great success to then start looking at other parts, including things like supply chain collaboration, as well as further automation of processes. For people who have been listening to this, I mean, there's a lot of great content here. They may have follow-up questions. They may just want to learn more. What is the best way to get in touch? So they can go to project44.com to get in touch with either myself or any of my 1,300 colleagues at the company. We also have a couple of things that they could look at. We have Supply Chain Live, which is our thought leadership series that they go and look at. And we're also starting a new, very exclusive executive roundtable session that's going to start actually next week which we're going to call Leak 44. So that's something else that they can look for, they can register for, and learn a lot about what we're doing. That sounds like a really exciting new thing from Project 44. And of course, I encourage everyone to both look at that and check out the website. Uh, Bart, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you, Jeff. And thank you for all the great questions. It was a pleasure being here. You've been listening to another episode of Executive Platform's Blueprint Podcast Series. I've been Jeff Mix. Let's do it again soon.